Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for learning how to become a more effective student. And did you know this podcast is 100% gluten-free? That's right. We're not yeah. giving you any gluten. There's no... Which does mean that if we try to bake you, you will not rise with the delightful bubbles that you would find in a homemade ciabatta, for example. That's true. But And that's disappointing. But on the other hand, it is gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... That I've ever risen with the delightful bubbles of the ciabatta. I never have. I never have, honestly. I've never even been close to a ciabatta. Did you know that the audio audio files of this podcast are also vegan? What? And they're cage-free. Eat them. Yeah. You could eat them right up. They're waves, and they're in the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, they're in your brain. They are, which is a sort of computer, kind of, or is analogous to one at least. My dad is a computer. <laughs> All right. Before this becomes just a meme fest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just meme fest 2019. That's the new name of the podcast. <laughs> my name is Thomas Frank. I'm here as always with my good friend, Martin Bamey. What and a today, do. We are discussing the time is money mindset. Oh, no. Both the benefits of it, but also uh, I think in more uh, the, the drawbacks of it. Because I don't know about you, but I struggle with separating my work hours from my personal hours. And part of that is this very acute knowledge that my hours directly, and not maybe not directly, because I'm not like a lawyer or somebody who bills for their time, yeah. but I still know that the amount of hours and work I put in directly correlates to the amount of money I make. Yep. I'm not at a salary job where my salary is set by some boss and I don't really have a whole lot of like right now direct power to change it. It's like, no, I could do more videos and make more money. It's true. You could just decide tomorrow to make double the videos. I could. Which would be a terrible decision. It would be a very bad decision. What a bad decision that would be. <laughs> not even sure how good of a decision making one a week has been, especially since I, I mean, it has been like, Roughly one a week if you were to spread them out, but they haven't been coming out once a week. It's more like none some weeks and then two the other weeks more to like catch up. Dread and procrastination followed by like <laughs> a terrible, terrible week of <laughs> and then guilt. All oh, the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. So I came across this article in The Cut, which I think is a website run by New York magazine, called The Psychological Trap Trap? Trip? Trip? I don't know. The Psychological Trap. Of freelancing by Charlotte Cowles. Cowles, boy, I just can't pronounce names or article titles today. Oh, no. And she basically just talks about how once she started freelancing, she became very aware of this connection that her time was her money. Like, the more hours I put in, the more money I will make. Um, And I'm trying to figure out how to... How do you silence an iPad? You throw it out the window. Like, I thought there used to be a silence. Oh, there it is. Is there not? Did they change it? I just couldn't see it because I was trying to multitask. Multitasking doesn't work. Uh, Tom, all the time that you're spending on this is money. That's true. We could have finished the podcast like 30 seconds earlier. We could have. And made money. Let's make a three-minute podcast episode. We'll keep the sponsors. It'll be like eight minutes of sponsors and three minutes of content. But that's efficient for us. Time is money. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be really (laughs) short-sighted. Way yeah. to do things, but she was talking about how um, she started freelancing, and then 
she started like conflating this whole time concept with money and it caused her a lot of stress. And then the article goes on to talk about how a lot of people, because of the gig economy, because more people are getting into freelancing, are starting to think this way and it causes like unhappiness. Yeah. It makes people unhappy. And I really resonated with this article a lot because I find myself just working way too often. Um, I find myself like debating in my head whether I should go downstairs at 7 p.m. with my laptop so I, should, so I could do emails while I quote unquote hang out with my girlfriend. Yeah. And I've been pretty good recently about not doing it. I've been pretty good about saying like, all right, I'm gonna let those things just sit. I wanna get them done. There's something in my brain screaming at me to get them done, but I, the world will not end if I don't get them done. There's a contract in my inbox that I should have signed like two months ago. I haven't done that yet. Oh, Nobody no. has gotten angry at me. turns out it's fine. So I wanna talk about that. And I think that you kind of deal with some of the same problems. I do. I do. <laughs> and before we get into that, I just want to point out that I really like the phrase gig economy because it sounds like a really powered up economy, like the gig economy. Giga economy. It's pretty. I like that. I like it. But yeah, I, don't I know feel the same thing all up. the time. Maybe we should do an episode on the gig economy and like pros and cons of that. But it seems like more and more people are kind of being forced into it because there's less stable salary jobs to go around. So people were like, well, I guess I'll drive Uber while writing freelance articles on my phone while driving. Yeah. And also selling pickup artist courses and running a drop shipping company while well, I, mean, I drink Soylent. Yeah. Well, I've seen, I've seen in like several of the lifts I've been in, like they do other things. They're like, I've also got a car washing thing or I also do deliveries. I also yep. like they're running three or four things at the same time. And there have been there have been several occasions where I go into a coffee shop and I'll just like briefly overhear a conversation of someone's like, yeah, I'm getting my business off the ground, but like I'm driving Uber to make it happen, you know. And I don't know what the relative drawbacks and benefits of that are, but I want to talk about this whole time as money mindset. So first off, I think there are some benefits to understanding the time as money. So before we get into all like the doom and gloom, uh, I do want to say that. When you realize that time is money, you at least, number one, I think you get better at budgeting both of them, maybe, if you if you do it right. And number two, you realize that certain things you've done just because you want to save money, it might be better to outsource those things. Like, I don't do my taxes. Someone else does that. I don't do my laundry. Someone else does that. I don't do my own car maintenance. I let the dealer do that. And that costs me money, but saves me a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that benefits you both in a happiness area, but also in like financially as well. Because if you can spend those hours that you would have spent doing your laundry, your taxes, which you aren't good at and which don't make you money, doing the thing that does make you money, then you probably come out ahead. Like if I can make one extra video and I don't, I spend the time on that video that I would have spent on laundry or doing taxes, there's a pretty big net benefit there. Yeah. Both in terms of money, but also like in value being put out into the world. If somebody who's really good at taxes does my taxes and I put out a value, a, you know, a good video, then like people got another good video. If I just do my taxes, well, my taxes got done more slowly. I lost out on potential income. 
I guess I saved a couple hundred bucks, but I lost out on more and there's no video. Yeah. So that works. And then from a happiness perspective, I would rather do the work that I'm good at or use my free time on things I want to do, like making music or going to the rock climbing gym or playing video games than doing my taxes. So I think there's benefit there. I don't know. I mean, have you found that you have outsourced anything that's not valuable to you? Well, I mean, some of the stuff I think everybody outsources and we just don't think about it. Like the mechanic example, like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn how to fix my car. That's a terrible use of my time. I could. I have full confidence I could figure it out given a lot of time that should not be put toward it. Yeah. Um, For the most part, I don't think I outsource a lot more than that, though. Hmm. I mean, I guess everyone outsources certain things and then they don't they don't call it outsourcing. But like if you if you go to the store and you buy oh, yeah. vegetable broth, yeah. then you have outsourced something because you're not roasting vegetables and then putting them into water well, and boiling. If you buy vegetables, you're outsourcing growing vegetables. That's true. So in a way, every I mean I'm outsourcing tons of things. Mm-hmm. But like I still do my own laundry. I still do the dishes yeah. and cook. I don't have a blue apron figuring out what to buy. Yep, and I'm still cooking. I don't have so. blue apron anymore. I don't even know if I ever. Oh, I did for like a, like three weeks or something like that yeah um i have only just recently stopped doing my laundry but i used to do it and i think there's like a stigma around a lot of things that people outsource but like the same people who put a stigma on certain things that are outsourced they outsource other things and it's just kind of hidden from them they didn't they don't think about it yeah yeah and i i think it's a limiting mindset you know, I think there was a person who uh, commented on one of our podcast episodes when I mentioned that I outsource my laundry and they're just like, you're just being lazy. And I'm like, are you being lazy because you don't roast bones to make stock? Like you go to the store and buy beef broth or chicken broth or vegetable broth or whatever. Like, no, you just have chosen other priorities. Yeah. You know, so if you can outsource things you don't care about and you come out ahead financially, or even if you don't, but you're wi- you're willing to part with that money and you can, you can afford to, and you're still meeting your goals, then why not? Yeah, and you're helping somebody else have a job to do that thing yes, for you. Exactly. Uh, however, the time is money mindset has some drawbacks. So there's this term that was coined and I can't remember who coined it, uh, but the term is total work. Where just like the totality of your existence is work or work permeates all of it. And this is definitely a problem that you and I struggle with because there's literally always something else that could be done. And it's very tempting to do it. Yeah. You know, like we could record one more podcast today if we wanted to get ahead and then I could record more videos and I could do all my emails and set up that email marketing system that we're switching to and I could work till midnight and there'd still be more to do. There would still be plenty to do. And literally no matter how hard I work, no matter how many hours I work, there will always be more things to do. And I think part of that is when you understand that time is money and you have the ability to increase the amount of money that you're making by spending more time, there's like this just one more mindset that creeps in. I don't know if you get this, but for me, it's like I will see opportunities and I'll realize like, oh, there's there's room for one more. I'm doing two videos a month. Why not four? Well, why not eight videos a month? Why not 12 videos a month? I know other YouTubers who have three videos a week or 
I know YouTubers who have daily videos. Why couldn't I do those? Why not do another course? Why not, uh, you know, start a second podcast or a second website? Like there's always N plus one that you could add. And, and you realize like there's the potential to make more money there. I could meet my financial goals faster. I could save for retirement. I could do all these things. And I mentioned this in my video on um, overwhelm. There's like this voice in the back of my head that tells me you need to optimize for the things that you are really, really good at and you're already established in because your business is a force multiplier. So you don't, like you shouldn't put your time towards learning piano or towards going to the rock climbing gym or anything that's fun because you're not optimized for those things. Like you're already established over here, so you should go further there. And the problem is like, I still want to do the things over here. I still want to play piano and I still want to tinker around with music production. I still want to go to the gym and play video games. So like those desires don't go away. And it's like this constant battle between that N plus one, like keep pushing your business further mindset and the desire to have personal pursuits and to sleep more often and hang out with friends and all these things. It feels like you get to choose between giving up all the things that would bring you joy but aren't financially efficient yeah, and be sad or do them and feel guilty the whole time you're doing them. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I, I don't have the feeling to make a new video or whatever, but I always think there's more coding stuff I could do. Yeah, There's something I could make more efficient. And I've tried to give myself like, I'm clocking out at this time and I'll do it for like a week and it'll feel amazing. <laughs> but then the next week, I one thing happens and I'm like, well, I'll work late today. And then something comes and up. And then I just do it over and over. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, now I don't, I don't really have a time. I consider myself clocked out at this very moment. Yeah. I just kind of do stuff. I have a bunch of stuff on my list. I wanted to do it yesterday. One task took virtually the entire day. And then now I have more. But I feel like not only should I do today's tasks, I need to do everything from yesterday I didn't have time for. Yeah. And when I fail to do that because it's too much, tomorrow I'm going to feel the same thing. So why should I have free time? I feel like I'm two or three days behind, even though I'm not really because it wasn't feasible to begin with. Yep. Yeah. You, you kind of feel beholden to that previous plan. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I got, I got to push like, just this once. Like I don't to do reset it. the due dates like I probably should. Sometimes I just let them stay late and I go, oh no. Yeah. They're late. <laughs> Everything needs to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like I, I am prone to sacrificing even the time that I spend, you know, making sure my to-do list is up to date and I don't have overdue things in there because I'm just like, well, I have this thing I got to get done and I'm just going to push and keep working. Yeah. All night until it's done, you know? So that, that's a problem with it. And it's becoming more and more of a problem. There was some research that they showed in this article. Um, I think like they, they did a survey back in 2016 and 63 people who responded said they valued money over time. And I think the researchers even balanced this for income. So it wasn't just like people who were in poverty who wanted money. It was like a lot of people even who had enough money to live and meet their expenses still valued making money over time. Uh, And if I'm really honest with myself, like I want to say I value time over money, but my actions don't show it. So I think I would land in that 63% as well. Yeah. You know, like we could get by doing half the videos we do. We could probably get by doing half the podcasts we do. We could do a lot less than we currently do, but we still do it. And I, I mean, I don't think we're purely just chasing money. There's always 
more reasons that you can use to justify the work you're doing. If you're doing more work, you're helping more people as well. But I don't know about you, but I, I just, if I'm honest with myself, my actions don't align with the mindset of somebody who values their time over money, really. I think sometimes it doesn't even really matter which one you value. Like, I think I do value time over money, but because of having to pay for, like, a surgery in my finger mm. and and a bunch of car stuff, like, if I find myself financially set back like that, it doesn't really matter whether I think I value time more. I'll never find out because what I value is the freedom of not having setbacks like yeah. that. So it's like the time isn't important yet until yeah. I reach some mystical point where suddenly I'll be able to have free time. And the, the sad fact is that that probably doesn't exist <laughs> because if I change the habits now, then I will get to enjoy it. But yeah. even if I hit some mystical point there, I'll still think, but what if something else happened? What if somebody lopped all of my limbs off and I had to pay for a robot body? I don't have enough money in the bank for a robot body. So my, Yeah, my mind literally goes to those places. So I need to have more money. In case I need a <laughs> robot body, you know they're going to charge a lot. This is America. Maybe I need to go abroad for That's a true. robot body. Robot bodies cost a lot, and then you you have to constantly pay for the painkiller so like, drugs when your red blood cells reject the connection where yeah, the cyborg part is. It's expensive. Attached. It's very it's, expensive. And like in that case, it's not even about whether you value time over money, because in that case, it's you're so afraid of needing more money than you have yeah. that it doesn't matter what you think you would value. Yeah, you value so, safety over all of it, and safety in that case yeah. requires more money. I think that's one big part of it. Is as more people have to resort to like this giga economy, which that's not my term for it. Giga. <laughs> There's the giga economy. You know, more people are having to do freelancing and giga stuff, whether by choice or by just necessity, because there's not a good job for them to find. I think this is an illusion, right? Because you could be fired or let go from a normal, stable, quote-unquote, job at any time. But when you are responsible for your own income, like when you're running a business, you're doing stuff where, like, your time equals money either by billable hours or just because you're an entrepreneur and you kind of know that, I think that you feel less financial security. Even if you have savings, you know, I mean, I say that as somebody who has a pretty substantial savings, I still feel like if I stop working at the pace I'm working at now, I'm at risk of losing everything. Well, there's this, there's a quote right in there. Like it's, it isn't about how financially secure you really are, how much money you have in the bank, but how financially secure you feel that predicts whether you're willing to give up time to have more money. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I grew up poor. I will always feel like I'm not financially secure almost no matter what. I can't yeah. really see a situation in which I'm. I mean, maybe if I become like a multimillionaire, then I'll finally be like, I'm fine. But more than likely, I'd be yeah. concerned about protecting it now, right? Mm -hmm. You've got so much to protect then that there's still work to be done. I think that's what it is. It's like the protection of what you've built. Yeah. We have this horrible loss aversion. Yeah. So even if you have thousands in the bank and you, you know, like, I mean, I can sit down and I can do the math. I'm like, all right, even at our current burn rate, if everything literally everything shut off tomorrow no sponsors well, here let's just find out I'll no just, website income just, I'll just delete the website i'll shut it off right delete now it on, <laughs> delete it delete all my youtube videos live on the podcast all of it like i can sit there and do the math i'm like all right well i've been stockpiling money in the bank because i think a recession's coming that's one of the reasons uh we could survive you know I mean, we could even survive for a few months and i wouldn't have to like fire anybody that would work but even doing that math, there's like this irrational part of my mind. It's like if you stop working, like you could you could lose it all overnight. 
And there's always justifications. You know, I think everyone in any field will have justifications. If you're a freelance web designer and you stop working, then you'll tell yourself, well, then my next client will see that my last project was three years ago and they're going to mm. be like, he's out of the game. Yep. You know, in my case, when I, when I think about not working as much or not doing as many videos or when I entertain, God forbid, the thought of taking a break for like a month, then uh, there's always this voice. It's like, yeah, well, the YouTube algorithm's going to forget you if you take a break. You know, I think every YouTuber kind of feels that. You have your publishing schedule and you kind of worry that yeah. if, you, if you back off of that, then the, the algorithm's going to leave you behind for the channels that are putting out more content. Well, that's what content stuff is like. It's like, yeah. that's why I quit my language blog because I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I don't want the pressure to write forever because I yeah. know if I have this, I will feel like I have to be consistent and I have to be forever. Yeah. That's, because that's, that's the thing. only way to keep it growing. That's the mm -hmm. only way to keep it stable. I think the, the forever thing is also a big problem that you and I share where like the moment you want to start something, you're just like, well, that's forever now. Yeah. It's like, is this sustainable <laughs> for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Which is why I Let like the whole, check. the two week thing that you do with your journal. Yeah. Where you just track habits for two weeks and then afterwards you, you this is the longest I've series. had one system. Really? Ever. Okay. And you've been pretty successful with it. Yeah. The beauty of it is that it's secretly multiple systems, which is why it's the longest. It's why, it's why it's working for like half a year so far it's a with no, change no problems. Time. Yeah. It changes every single time. Um, yeah. So I don't know how to get out of that, but the studies that they did, which were referenced in this article found that people who value time over money, uh, they were happier, but interesting that they did make decisions that enabled them to have more time. So they booked direct flights, which I do. I don't think I'd ever want to not take closer. one unless I had to. You mean a direct flight? Yeah. Yeah. Layovers suck. I've, I've I never, don't like them. I've never had a not direct flight and I don't think I want to. It sounds really obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they do things like that. Um, and I think that that increases happiness, but that doesn't solve the problem that we have. I think where it's just this, no. this, I think like loss aversion coupled with the tendency to take on new projects and view them as ongoing forever. And I think there's also like a healthy amount of guilt in there. Oh, tons of guilt. There's tons <laughs> of guilt. Well, this doesn't even necessarily stay within the realm of entrepreneurship and the gig economy because uh at my at my previous job we we had to take we had to track our time so we mm -hmm. had to write down and we have to mark whether this time was billable or non-billable my work was almost entirely non-billable because i maintained servers i protected money i didn't yeah. make money but because of that every day i'm filling this out and i'm like i'm making no money i'm worthless oh that's true yeah like, like your contribution I feel like, is hidden from the bottom line. You know, and yeah, like if I'm not directly making an obvious income, I feel like I'm not doing anything, mm -hmm. even though that I was managing hundreds of servers. This is not at all true. I was doing something. Yeah. But I wasn't bringing in new dollars. I was only protecting all of the previous ones. <laughs> I suppose you could have written like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. prevented disaster that would have lost you $2 million. Billable. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and th and that's even the case sometimes now with this. Like I make basically the same amount of money every month. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's stable, but I still feel like I, I'm, why am I not doing something that could make the business more money right yeah. right now? I'm, I don't, well, right now I'm in the podcast. It's working. I'm, I don't feel bad right now. Mm -hmm. But as soon as it's done, what am I doing? I could, I need to be pushing the envelope somehow. Yeah. Those envelopes, they need to be on the other side of the desk or whatever. I don't understand that phrase, I guess. Yeah. Why, where am I pushing that envelope? Well, this is something that I've been like wrestling with. Like how much is enough? 
Yeah. When do you, like with when the do you business, stop? how much is enough? Because if we wanted to, we could, I mean, there's so many different vectors that we could push in. We could build like a retin link sized, like full production team or crash course maybe is a better, yeah. um, better analogy there. We could build a full production team and have videos coming out every day with polish and graphics and animations and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I've heard John and Hank talk about how much crash course takes to make. It's a lot of money. Like the $30,000 a month they were making on Patreon was like covering it to what, like no profit basically, <laughs> you know, cause they're, they're paying for editors and script writers and script reviewers and film people and the hosts and yeah. uh, the animation studio, which that was a whole team upon itself. We could go in that direction. We could be bringing in, uh, you know, many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from the YouTube stuff and being paying a ton of people. We could push way harder in the article department. You know, we could hire a ton more writers and have more editors and we could go full on, hmm. you know, CNET level, like giant content website. We could do multiple podcasts. We could make a billion courses. There's a zillion things we could do. Yeah. And I still, I know? feel guilty even when it's like, even if like everybody on the team has enough I only then take it to the next level. Why am I not making two thousand more dollars that I could donate to charity every month? Yeah. Huh? Who am I hurting by not working right now? Yeah. Everyone. Though, though that's a, actually a good point. I I wanna, I wanna figure out a way that we can like build philanthropy into the entire business model. Yeah. It's like if you if you have an efficient way to make more money and you didn't need it, that somebody else might still need it. So then that's like true. I yeah. can guilt myself into anything forever. Yeah. Though, if you go down that route, it's very easy to start making different arguments like, oh, you know, you should never give the charity until you're a billionaire because the more you keep the money, the more you can multiply it. And then later in life, you can give like billions away instead of thousands. Or you could, you know, go the other way and All say right. like, well, some people need that money now. It's, I don't I know. I guess I'll become endless, a billionaire. Endless arguments you could make. So I guess the question is, yeah, like where, where is the point where it's enough? Because you get to a point where you're like, All right. The business is sustaining me. And for us, it's sustaining a team of people. Do you continue to grow it? And I don't think this is just a question for me. I think it's like a question for anybody in any kind of situation because what we tend to do is kind of myopically look at the very next decision and we don't take a bigger picture view of it often enough. And we just say like, oh, well, of course I should take on that one extra video because it's a cool opportunity. Of course I should take on that travel you know, opportunity to the conference. I should do that right now. Why not? It presents me with a way to gain in some way. And, you know, and I, I think about this, like if I keep going down that path, then do I eventually wake up at 40 years old running a giant company, which might sound like a dream to some people, but to me, it sounds like a nightmare. And you just re because you realize I followed, you missed like, so much. Yeah. I almost, almost autonomously followed like a programmed path. Like clearly I had the choice to make a different decision at each interject or intersection, but I didn't because it's, it's not that it's like easier to go down that way physically or even mentally or creatively, but like from, I don't know. It just seems obvious to go down that path once you, you're on it. Yeah. Well, and that's how you end up being like that stereotype of the business dad who's who never sees his kids because he's yeah. always doing some sort of thing mm -hmm. for work. And then he realizes, wait, this work was really meaningless comparatively. Yeah. 
So why was I not balancing this better? But then it's too late. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't want to make like too many assumptions here, but um, I just I saw like this little screen grab of an interview my friend Matt Diavella did with Gary Vaynerchuk recently, and my brain likes to extrapolate things. So I, I see like they're in this conference room. I think it's in Gary's office, and I see behind Gary there's all these people at desks doing work, right? And for better or worse, Gary has kind of built himself as like an, a non-separable persona with his business. It's like Vayner Media. He's like the face of it. Yeah. And I think he likes what he does, but I just had this thought. I'm just like, well, like what if he wanted to do something else? He's basically trapped, right? Like, because if he left, what would that mean for everyone whose livelihoods depend on that company now? Like his face is the... Yeah, like he, you know, it's, it's it would be pretty hard for them to just be like, oh, we're just gonna hire a new CEO and it'll all be hunky dory, it'll be fine. Like he's pretty pretty integrated into the business. You just find somebody with the same name, you know? Yeah, and then swap them. It's the only way. <laughs> this is Larry Vaynerchuk. Yeah, it's no relation. Same. Yeah, we just found him on the side of the That's road. That's it. Do <laughs> you want to inherit this business? <laughs> <laughs> Qualifications: your name, your first name rhymes with Gary, and your last name has to be Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Yeah, they, they can find somebody. <laughs> uh, we will also accept Rainer Chuck. All right. I don't think anybody will notice the difference. It'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and I, from what he says, he seems like he's genuinely passionate about what he does. I just kind of had that thought. I was like, what if I was in his position and I started realizing like, hey, I want to go learn something new and do something else. And I guess like eventually there's always this trade-off between duty and what you want individually but I don't think that we consider it as often as we should, because a lot of the duties that we that we inherit are they're like they're created by us. I don't have to hire more people, you know. Like I could wake up two years from now and have a team in three times the size, five times the size, but that would be that would be a direct result of me going down that path that leads to that, and I can choose not to. Yeah, and that's something I think about a lot lately. Yeah. Because not you know, it's not only like time is money, it's like extra team members could be extra money, it could be extra impact, all these things. But is that what I want? It's it's really difficult. I've been trying to rebalance what I'm doing this year because I wanna I wanna play piano more again. Yeah. Wanna go challenge myself more with the t- photography. Mm-hmm. But that means getting going out to the mountains, going somewhere to take photos of things that isn't yeah. just like some flower garden over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I have be, but the reason that I did that was because I can do that in like an hour. I can schedule it into my day. Yeah. And in order to go somewhere and do more and push push myself on the skills that make me really happy, well, I'm going to have to sacrifice time I might be working. Yep. I'm going to have to say don't work Saturday morning, which I already <laughs> tell myself, but it doesn't mean I listen. <laughs> yeah. Or in my case, I'll wake up and be like, well, this isn't work. This is just research, which is still work. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you're excited about a, a, like a work thing, mm-hmm. but then it just kind of tricks you into starting your work and then yeah. you don't ever get to the other things. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very difficult balance. Not, yeah. Not like, sure like, how to force it yet. Got to put my mom's in a mansion, you know? It's true. The you, rapper's you, you dream. Get, you do got to put your mom in a mansion and so do I. Well... I mean, you said piano. It's a very similar thing for me. Like, I want to learn to play piano, and I also want to learn how to produce music. Like, I would like to put out music into the world. It's something I really want to do. But I still find myself accepting these work things, and that, that leaves, a, like, very little time left over. 
And I'm in a situation where it's, it's not like I'm forced to accept these things, you know, like there is, there's savings. Like I could, I could dial down and I could go much more like all in on this thing that I want to do. But I think it's that loss aversion and that guilt and that, uh, that difficulty in, in dialing down that difficulty in putting out less into the world. Yeah. Cause then if you needed to put out more later, you got to know, is my potential down now because mm-hmm. I missed these? Yeah. Yeah. That space in your, in your resume, that gap where you didn't work as hard. Will mm-hmm. that haunt you later when you do need the money? Yeah. I don't know. And, and to bring this down to the level of somebody who's maybe not running a company, you know, I think everyone has goals they want to get to. Um, I know when I was in college, like I wanted to pay off my student loans before I graduated, I was able to do that, but you know, in a different, uh, timeline or a different situation, it might've been much more difficult for me to do that. And like, does that actually, does that actually matter? It might, but maybe it doesn't, maybe it's okay if I'm paying off loans for a couple of years after graduation. Yeah. You know, am I, am I an unhappy person? I guess is the question. So Given that discussion, what are some things that we can do to start valuing our time more or to at least decrease the stress that this conflation of time and money causes us? Well, see, I think it would be tempting to try and say, oh, I'm really good at structured project things. I will turn all of my hobbies into a structured work-like project. Mm. But while that may work, I feel like that's a Band-Aid. Yeah. Over the larger issue of never giving yourself freedom because then, like, imagine I set up this giant roadmap of piano goals that I have to hit and I mm. treat it like a work. And then I change it like halfway through. I'm like, I really don't want to play piano today. But suddenly <laughs> I've just turned it into a job. So I think that's a Band-Aid. Then that's yeah. not the proper solution. So how does one actually value their freedom when they're afraid <laughs> they'll lose it at any moment and therefore they should give it away on purpose in the name of future freedom that they will never withdraw on? Yeah. I think um, looking at your priorities more often and questioning them more often is useful. Asking yourself, like, what is it that I really want to do? And if my mind is throwing up objections to this, are these based off of guilt? Are they based off of uh, irrational loss aversion? Are they based off of what other people are going to think of me or are they legitimate? Yeah, I think uh, examining exactly why mm-hmm. you're doing something is a good idea because I don't always think about it. But then I'm just like, what's the what's the deepest down fear that's stopping this? Yeah. What exactly is the problem? There's probably a root problem that I've extrapolated out into this giant sense of lack of security somehow. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing, and the article mentioned this, reframing your leisure time as a necessary part of your schedule because it recharges you and makes you better at your job when you're doing it can be helpful. And that can help you to fight against that urge to always be working. Um, Once you can do that, you can start to get more strict about your working hours. And I know you said you have difficulty with that, and I do too. Well, I feel like if I did it for long enough at a time... Mm -hmm and learned to really respect it long-term, I would start to see the benefits. I would start to see it make me work better. Mm -hmm. But if I only try it for like a week or two, I may not get to the point where I'm seeing the returns. So then I'll think, well, it doesn't make much difference. Let me work now instead. And then 
now it's gone. I feel like you got to wait a little bit until your body fully accepts the relaxation. Well, there's one thing that was helpful for me. Um, a few weeks ago, Anna was like, I feel like both of us just work all the time. We don't spend really quality time together. And it's kind of bumming me out. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm not prioritizing you. I'm prioritizing work just because, you know, when you're together for so long and you're both into your own projects, it can be very easy to slip into that, that mode of thinking. I don't think it's like a deliberate, I'm going to do prioritize my relationship. It's more just, you just like take them for granted a little bit. Yeah. Things seem urgent and your relationship usually doesn't seem urgent, even though you know, it's very important No, but her saying that and actually communicating it to me made it urgent. And I was like, oh, you're right. Okay. So then, yeah. And since we had that talk, I've been a lot better at being done with work at like 530 or 6. Yeah. And then I'll just go hang out with her, you know? And if things get behind my perceived important schedule, well, I guess I can evaluate over time to make sure that that important schedule wasn't actually important. But newsflash to me, it actually wasn't that important. Yeah, see, I've I've also been doing something similar to that, and it was working for, like, a week. Yeah? And then... <laughs> what killed it? I got behind... Well, I was just writing this language article, mm. and apparently I am the slowest editor and writer I've ever met in my <laughs> life because it literally took me all day to, like, pare down and simplify some sentences and, yeah. and make it the way I wanted. And then the other things got behind. So because of that, I'm like, I have three or four late tasks I want it done already. And as soon as that happens, I enter some sort of panic mode where I throw mm. everything away and say, it doesn't matter, I'm late. It doesn't matter, I'm late. It doesn't matter, I'm late. Yep. But before that, it was it was actually working. You know, like I had this cool Spotify jazz playlist. There was a candle. I was like reading a book. Mm-hmm. That was a good night. And then I was late and it didn't matter. <laughs> there is no time for jazz. Thelonious, sit down. <laughs> um. Maybe maybe we need to redefine what late is. Yeah. Well, late or, is my arbitrary deadlines that I set for myself that yeah. really aren't late if I would just change them, which I might do after this episode. Or maybe the problem is the language article didn't have a proper deadline. Well, so you were kind of allowed I, to just tweak it forever. I took I took a long time on that. Well, yeah. I was supposed to be doing just like a few of these sections have too many words. And then mm. in trying to fix that, I re-edited the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very picky. Yeah, the curse of perfection. It's a miracle that I even bothered to publish it because I was still like, I'm not sure. But well, I'm glad that it's published. Yeah, you know. But that was unexpected. I'm sure, it's helpful no matter what. Well, maybe you should work to get back to that. Get back to your jazz playlist. Who is it? Thelonious Monk. Is he a jazz musician? I don't, well, he is a jazz musician, and uh, I don't know if he was on the playlist that I was listening to. John Coltrane. I, I don't remember. Kind of blue. Miles Davis. Maybe. Uh, okay. So the other things I had here. When you're on, be on. Um, focus on eliminating distractions and inefficient processes and use that all-important time off as a motivator. And uh, again, what's been very helpful for me is the fact that Anna told me, like, it's a bummer that we're not spending quality time together. So, I don't know. Maybe if you're listening to this and you have a significant other or a good friend who you know is like us and has problems sacrificing their time in the name of work or money or goals or whatever it is like communicate to them i would like to hang out with you more often with like real quality time yeah by james qual because that's going to i think it's it's going to it's going to take that important aspect of your relationship and it's going to add the urgency that sometimes we need 
Um, and then uh, use you can use tools for this, like Freedom can block distracting websites. Ooh, I know. If counterintuitively, I'm... make it block your work websites when you're <laughs> off the clock. That's actually not a bad idea. I didn't even think about you're that. You're done working. No YouTube stats. I mean, I think you should just turn the computer off. Well, yeah, That's probably. But do. but uh, during you know during the day, I know I'm not always 100 percent efficient. Sometimes I'll go and get distracted by Reddit or Hacker News or something like that. So I'll block them. Block them like you block out the haters. And lastly, like the people who value time over money, know to do, outsource things you don't want to do if you can. Could be as simple as, you know, I don't don't know if, I guess having your laundry outsourced is simple, but maybe it's too expensive. But I don't know. What do you outsource? Anything? Uh, the most recent thing I outsourced was I buy frozen avocado for my smoothies now ah, rather than having to go through and figure out which ones are ripe and then cut them up and yeah. then be mad because every time I buy an avocado, it, it starts to go like slightly bad before I want to use it because yeah. it's a curse. So therefore, I just let Welch's, whoever did that, freeze it for me. <laughs> there you go. You outsourced some food prep. It worked. It, yeah. it actually helped so much. Mm-hmm. I used to buy like the pre-cut veggies from the grocery store. Though I have since learned that I kind of enjoy cutting up vegetables. Oh, I like cutting vegetables. So I do just buy but regular produce. I but basically, for like my smoothies, I do buy the fruit. For smoothies, it's yeah. about efficiency. Yep. I don't enjoy making a smoothie. I just throw it in there. Yeah, and I guess like making a smoothie isn't outsourcing, but it is making something more efficient. Like if you don't want to take time to eat lunch, make a smoothie. Yeah. It takes very little time and it's very easy to like read while you're doing it. Uh, some things that I have outsourced, some of my email, and it takes care of it. Not all of it. We're not perfect there, but we're working on it. Uh, most of the podcast actually is outsourced. So one thing that I've had to learn as a business owner is the business will not crash and burn because I let go of something. You know, I have to figure out like what, what really needs my attention and what could somebody else learn to do? And I think the first thing was you building the last version of the website. Yeah. Turns out that you did a way better version than I would have ever done. And uh, the latest version is even more proof of that. And then you started editing the podcast for a while. And now Anna edits it. And I don't think we've ever had a single complaint about the editing on the podcast. I've never yeah, like had someone be think... like, I can't believe you didn't edit this podcast, Thomas. This, this is subpar work. Nope. Yeah, you it's, like it's think it, everything matters. Yep. But really few things matter and it's hard to tell the difference mm-hmm. you know what? i still have problems with uh video editing like i have an editor but i will still sometimes be like well i better edit this one just because this one's too hard or this one like needs my special touch but you know what again i've never had somebody complain about the editing on a video that tony has done or that my previous editor did nope in fact one of my best performing videos ever was edited by uh someone else Hmm. so <laughs> turns out i do not need to be the one person who makes cuts on video footage or puts b-roll on top of it can be done by other people um taxes and accounting i don't do that anymore i do keep my own books and i, I do that because i want to know what is coming in what's going out of the business i want to have my finger on the pulse of that i think that's valuable for myself but doing the taxes i quit doing that five years ago and it's money well spent um car maintenance laundry those things have outsourced as well laundry has been pretty recent but i I wouldn't go back 
Yeah. <laughs> what yep. do you just, they just go to like a dry cleaner? No. So, uh, I don't know how to, Anna do this. and I went to a conference back in September and we had some chats with people who were just like, they've told us about how they outsource a lot of things and how they have like assistants and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, I need to hire an assistant to deal with things like that. And Anna was like, or you could just pay me more money and I could do it. Aha, uh-huh, job like, opportunity found. Okay. So Anna takes care of the laundry. And I've said like, look, you could do it yourself or you could pay a service. I literally don't care. I just don't mm. want to do it myself. So, you know, do housework if you want to, or like we have the money, hire someone to do the housework. It's up to you. And I guess she is fine just doing laundry. So she does it. Yeah, I don't even know how dry cleaners work. I'm a man mm-hmm. of no culture. What, dry cleaners? Or? I've never even been to one. Well, if, if something needs to be dry cleaned, you got to take it to the dry cleaner. I don't own things that need to be dry cleaned because I buy regular clothes. You have a suit, right? Do you think I wear that suit? I mean, like, I don't. Like, ever? I hardly ever wear my suit. I think that's the only thing I would ever have I've, dry cleaned. I've worn it, like, once. Twice, maybe. I'm just talking about, like, laundry. Like, doing the laundry and folding it. Yeah, I'll just do that. Dry cleaning, like, everyone should outsource that. I don't know if you can dry clean at home. I think you can get a bag that does dry. I don't Maybe. know. I think somebody did one once. If you got to dry clean. Anyway, this is digressing into a laundry podcast. Take your suit Just because I realized that cleaner. I don't know how that works. <laughs> but uh, They exist for a reason. I'm going to look up what that even means. Why is, why is it dry? No one knows. Yeah. Somebody knows. I'm about to learn. I don't know. I think it's like a chemical that, that cleans it without actually washing it with water. I think that's how it works. But I'm not sure. Chemical solvent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Something like that. And then maybe steam or mm. something. I'm not sure. But is it gluten-free? I think it's gluten-free. I need to check. I don't think they use like wheat germ. The Wikipedia entry does not sp- explicitly say gluten-free. Oh, well, then maybe it doesn't. So I, I can't it. trust that the tetrachloroethylene... <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna put that in my body either way yeah (laughs) anyway so i think that's that's all we had here i just i wanted to have a discussion about this because i know i struggle a lot with not actually valuing my time as much as i would like to think that i do yeah you know and i think a lot of people also have this problem well we better fix this before it gets warm here that's true. Yeah, and there's outside. I want to go hiking and I want yeah, to go I, mountain biking. I better be things. outside when it's warm. I better not be forcing myself to work nonstop. Yeah, so. it's true. Yeah, it's very true. Good point. Well, uh, I think we've said all we need to say. So in the interest of time, wink, I think we're going to wrap this up. So if you want to find the show notes, which will at least have a link to the article in the cut, which is kind of the basis of this episode, and I highly recommend you read it, you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash 255 because this is episode 255 uh you can also give us a rating and review if you want to support this show you can do that on apple podcasts or itunes on your desktop platform that i believe helps us get up the rankings i don't know more reviews more good reviews is good maybe it sounds (laughs) good sounds good to me yeah uh but it also just gives us good feedback and lets us know what we can do better on the show so big appreciation uh, goes out to you if you do that also i would really appreciate it if you could maybe share the podcast with a friend of yours let them know what your favorite episode is and they might become a listener as well but as always thank you just for listening just for hanging out with us do you want to find our favorite resources our favorite tools apps books uh all kinds of cool stuff like that plus our college packing guide and our essential books list you can go over to collegeofbookgeek.com resources there's all kinds of good stuff there 
and we're going to be optimizing that page pretty soon yeah because of lasso and i think that about does it so as always thanks so much for hanging out with us and we'll see you in next week's episode stay cute